Girls One Podcast, your number one destination for slightly spooky content, delivered just after Halloween and right in time for Thanksgiving. Why compete with other spooky stuff when you can justify your delay as a strategy? And now here are the hosts who spend most of their day editing the controversies section of their own Wikipedia pages, Alison Goldberg and Lindsay Ford. Hello, ghouls and gals. I don't know. We still haven't figured out what to call our listeners, and I really want a greeting. I mean, here's the thing. You've been a host now for actually a year and a half, which is insane. Yeah. I gave up on that, so I'm like over it, but you're still under it. And, you know, that's sexy. That's sexy. I'm with you. I'm with you. Mm -hmm. I love being under it. Yeah, you know, but... It is what it is. I think the listeners have to name themselves. So hop into our Discord, discord.gg slash 2G1P. It's name up yourselves. to y'all. You know, it's your your body, your choice. That's yeah. how it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we will respectfully call you whatever you request to be called. That's true. But until then, you might be boogers and butts. Who knows? <laughs> oh, my God. You spend too much time with children. Um, if we can name the fans and then they identify as those fans, that is a direct line to merch, which is a direct line to um, fame and fortune, I think. Mm-hmm. Yes. And mm-hmm. we talk about merch on this show all the time. <laughs> and do Despite we have any? None. No, it's okay. It's Honestly, okay. we need some merch because I need groceries. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I want our merch to just be like apples with our faces on them. It's like, I need groceries. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Matt. So patreon.com slash 2G1P. No amount is too small. Anyway, uh, for longtime listeners who have been with us for literal years, I went to Jen Jamula's wedding last weekend. I should have had a sound here. What do we got? What do we got? Is this good? I'll I'll do that one. How about that? Well, she did win. She won. She did. Because Adam's wonderful. I love her husband. Like, he's so fabulous. And at the wedding, I found out that he has a Jewish grandparent. I was like, how did you keep this from me, that you married a loud, large-haired Jew? So proud. So proud. She's living my dream. It's fine. (laughs) Listen, I I told you, if you're a co-host with me, uh, I've also have a really great track record. Um, All my roommates find the love of their lives. So, uh, like, people around me do really well. Mm. I also Mm -hmm. have set up a couple, as I think some might know. Uh, they are married, so... I mean, you keep bragging about your track record, and here I am, your friend for 20 years, still <laughs> well, single. maybe you should be a contestant on Love Isn't Blind. Ooh. I mean, it looked really, really fun. I, I went to Allie's show on Tuesday night, and man... Did we know who she was going to pick from the beginning? Um, <laughs> did you? Did you? Did you? Absolutely. I didn't know the order of eliminations, which truly shocked me because contestant number one, I would he would have made my top two for sure. Like, what was she doing? And I'm friends with one of the contestants who I Wait, objectively what? think is cute. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jeff. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's yeah, a cutie, yeah. I, he but is, I know they, him. He is a cutie. He is such a cutie. Yeah. Uh, the, the reason, one of the reasons she eliminated him would have been mine too. He don't want no kids. He doesn't want babies. 
Yeah. Maybe Jeff and I will get married one day. You absolutely could because <laughs> he's adorable. What's sad, what's really sad is that you and Jeff would have really cute kids. Yeah, we would. Yeah, they'd be hyperactive as shit, though. You know, they would, they would be it too would much. Be a Neither one of you. Nightmare. Neither yeah. of us want to take care of them. So it's a disaster. Neither but, one of you could parent the kids, but they would be very, very beautiful. Right, right. And, uh, and we'll return to people you don't know that we keep talking about after this commercial break. Yeah, well, <gasps> oh, uh, you can Matt. see it. Well, okay, on, if you go to my Instagram, Allie, A-L-L-I underscore Goldie, you can see some footage from the show and you can see the contestants we're talking about. So please check it out. And please go to loveisntblind.co and apply to be a contestant on the show. The next one is going to be December 16th here in L.A., and then January 12th in L.A. And then February 10th in San Francisco, February 9th in L.A. So I'm starting to get some dates Holy together. Holy moly. Allie, you're so good at booking. Will you be my booking agent? Um, I could coach you, as we have discussed previously. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> and now everyone to. in the Discord is like, Lindsay, Allie has told to. you she'll help you for a I year. I have tried. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be victim blaming or victim blamed, but I am, <laughs> I am still down for this journey with you, Lindsay. Um, Love it. So, yeah, no, and I, I will go to what, whatever city where I get contestants. So, listeners, if you want to be a contestant, wherever you are, apply. If I get enough applications from your city, I will book a theater. I will come do the show in that city. Ooh, the okay, show okay. has been so much fun. So much fun. I had the boys write haikus last Tuesday. Those haikus knocked Amazing. Amazing. Hey, Contestant wow. number one's haiku was perfect. I was like, he got a minute of applause. <laughs> like the, he stopped the show. He stopped. It was incredible. It was incredible. And then Jeff's haiku. I, as the host, am reading their haiku. Cried. I cried. I cried. I was, but with laughter. I could barely get it out. I was laughing till I cried on stage. And it, and then of course the audience is like. Oh my god, it was so fun! It was—I can't wait to do it again. It can't was wait. Great. If I got enough contestants, I'd do it every week. But it's really hard to find good men, as Lindsay <laughs> and I know all too well. And the person that I picked to get wing womaned, like the person who I was like, "Oh, ask that guy if he's single and like what his deal is." He was fully gay. Fully gay. Fully I mean, gay. wow. Fully gay. Works for Dan Savage. Fully gay. Yeah, and I was like, I think, I think he might be gay, but he was he's just so beautiful. cute. He's I wanted beautiful. to ask. Yeah. So I'm talking to him about doing an LGBT version in West oh. Hollywood. Love so it. again, listeners, doesn't matter what orientation, age, whatever you are, please apply. I'm going to do whatever show uh, makes sense, right? Like I want to actually, it'd be awesome if people actually dated. So I'm just trying to match up like I can take applications from any age, but I need to get like a group in the same age range, yeah, similar yeah, yeah. lifestyles, interests, you know what I mean? So. Once you franchise this and you have a cast of characters, you can then bring them back of like, hey, they dated and broke up, but these folks got married. Yay. <laughs> They're back into the reunion show or whatever. It's so funny to me that like the normal barriers to theater that or any art that I perceive is like, well, it's never, it's not going to make money. No, not enough tickets. You're like, no, this thing works. I just can't get enough participants for some reason and yeah. that's i mean a there's weird still problem. very little money in live theater because yeah the dilemma is people pay 15 bucks for a ticket you know yeah. what i mean but yeah it's i would do it every night. weekend i would do it every week that's it's awesome. so fun i mean 
And honestly, I need to figure out a marketing plan. Like, I think I'd like to be a guest on some podcasts with a very male-leaning audience to... Gotta get in those sports. I gotta pretend... That'd be so funny that, like, me pretending I know about sports just to get into, like, men's groups. I'm like, yeah, that game out... It was... Yeah, the... the, the Buzzer. The point, the touchdown. <laughs> wow. And then when he... Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I like the idea of just, like, clips of me going on these shows where I have no fucking idea. Which is hilarious. I'm gonna train you on how to generally talk about sports mostly you just say just talk about score because every every game has a score oh, right score? yeah no not like that but like oh that score was crazy wow that did was you, a crazy did score. you see that score? Yeah. Score. oh they did yeah. they also they also sco- they scored again oh, oh so much scoring wow anyway today's episode is about dead people Ooh. kind of Sexy. It's actually much more about the Wikipedia editors who are the first to update an article when someone passes away and they were coined deaditors by our by guest. By our guest. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Very fun. Um, that's exciting. I think that death is something that's difficult to talk about in my family. Like my parents, literally, my mom would be like, as we're driving past a graveyard, turn away. Like, you don't even look at it. Lock the door. Yeah. Well, just, you know, don't invite death into your mind. And I think that's actually not the best way to go about it. I think just acknowledging that it happens, because otherwise you're just afraid of it. And it's probably going to happen. Like, likely. (laughs) It's highly likely. I'm not committed to definitely it's going to happen. But, like, it's statistically likely. in your favor. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's statistically likely you're going to have to personally deal with it mm. with your loved ones or yourself, mm-hmm. you know? So you're saying there's a chance that I, w- that I will be immortal. You are saying there's a I, chance. Uh, you know, I'll never Honestly, say with never. today's technology, yeah, there's a chance. <laughs> yeah, there's a Yuval, what's his Facebook? He's saying we'll live to be over 100 on average. People mm. be working into their 90s. Mm. So Honestly, fun. I love that. I mean, capitalism will keep us alive as long as they can make money off of us <laughs> yeah that's true that's it's very true. expensive to start over and uh and feed a baby for t- 25 years oh speaking of capitalism i saw a fantastic show last night everyone should go see him <laughs> <laughs> he kind of addresses this he's like how do you he has some line about like how do you rebuild a house when you're living in the house mm. and talks about mm. you have to burn the house down mm. but um and yeah, this show point. was a puppet show Correct. It's a puppet show. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Buried the lead oh, there. It's okay. Oh, I wish you'd come with me. No, I, I like it more as a surprise. It's a <laughs> puppet show. No, there is a guy. He's like super famous in Australia. And now he's like, you know, taking America. <laughs> Let's get him on the show. Because didn't you find him online? Well, I actually did this like weird little writer's room very briefly during the pandemic with it's a company that's based in Australia. And so I had a Zoom mm. meeting and for like an hour, my my the writers I worked with were Los Angeles based, but every now and then we would interface with the Australians and there was this guy there. And after the call, people were like, oh my God, that was Randy Feltface. And I'm like, who the fuck is Randy Feltface? You know what I mean? <laughs> and then I looked it up and I guess, I mean, I don't know, his real name's out there, but he's very public about it's like a little hidden, so maybe I shouldn't spoil the magic. Yeah, but don't spoil the magic. He got, So Randy Feltface is a stand-up comedian puppet, and the puppetry is unbelievable. It's so smooth. It's so realistic. He does crowd work as mm. a puppet, and the movement is unbelievable, and the stand-up is unbelievable, and the two combines. I was just watching it, and I was like, this is why I love theater. Like, this is mm-hmm. why 
Oh, I was just so happy. It's really incredible. And he's doing a world tour. He's everywhere. So um, listeners, wherever you are, check out Randy Feltface and his tour dates. It was magical. <laughs> Amazing. Love it. I love that. Anywho, enough of me fangirling out. <laughs> Speaking of fangirling, t- did everyone catch my episode on the Savage Love cast? But okay, let's move on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Matt. You got some trivia for us? Oh, I certainly do have some trivia. Uh, today we're talking about dead people <gasps> and uh, specifically famous dead people. Obviously, if, if we're covering a, a, a public figure on Wikipedia, they have to meet certain criteria for well-knownness or notoriety, whatever you might call it. So I have a list of famous names here, which you probably will recognize. All of these people have recently died this year, the calendar year of 2022, except for one. Oh. I will give you a brief bio of each person, what made them famous. One of these people is still alive as of this recording. Amen. Which one is still with us? Are you ready? (laughs) Okay. Okay. Is it A, Louis Anderson, stand-up comedian, TV star, family feud host, creator of the animated sitcom Life with Louis, passed away this year at age 68. Is Louis Anderson alive or dead? Oh, that's too bad. That's not as old as I'd like someone to pass away. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, No Googling, please. As usual with trivia, please. Hands, hands off. Don't tell me what to do. (laughs) (laughs) This fucking man in the room telling us what to do. (laughs) B... Angela Lansbury, the legendary actor of stage and screen, best known for starring in Murder, She Wrote and voicing Mrs. Potts in the animated film Beauty and the Beast. She was 96. You think we don't know that Angela yeah. Lansbury passed away? I gave away? you some, um, you know, I, maybe I gave wow. you some gimmies. This is so on theme because the Bachelorette on Love Isn't Blind had thrown a Angela Lansbury-themed birthday party. Oh. Last year. Isn't that correct, Allie? Yeah. And by the way, The Bachelorette and the winner are going on a date on Monday. So by the time this episode is out, they've already been on their first date. So excited. Look at this. I've said this before. I cannot wait 10 years from now where someone you set up on this game show is married with two kids or whatever. 10 years? I hope it's sooner. Maybe. Yeah, sooner. (laughs) People, stop dating for like eight years before you get married. Fuck that shit. Okay. Uh, Okay. Unless you meet when you're 12, like Matt. Okay, continue. Correct. Or is it... Ivan Reitman, the legendary director of 80s and 90s hit movies like Ghostbusters, Stripes, Beethoven, Kindergarten Cop, Space Jam. Uh, he passed away this year at 75. That is choice C. D. Gallagher, the stand-up comedian famous for smashing watermelons with a sledgehammer on stage and other outlandish stunts throughout the 70s, 80s, and 90s. He was 76. Or is it E? Michael Jackson. No. Okay. What? <laughs> he died <laughs> years ago. <laughs> Uh, Andy Fletcher, a keyboardist and founding member of Depeche Mode, who played on all of the group's studio albums since the very beginning. He died in May at age 60. Only age 60. Mm. Or is it F? Robert Duvall, the Oscar-winning actor who rose to fame as Boo Radley in the 1962 film To Kill a Mockingbird, and then we, of course, later know him for The Godfather, Apocalypse Now, Days of Thunder, I'm and many more. I'm pretty sure he died. Meet Joe Black. He, he uh, uh, yeah, I think you're right. Isn't he uh, the dad? Passed away at 91 this year. Good. So Th- Those are the these numbers are we dead. like to hear. <laughs> <laughs> all these people are dead except one oh that I'm lying oh to you. Oh my God. Can't even alive. remember all the options. You think oh if, I mean... Uh, Louis Anderson, Angela Lansbury, Ivan Reitman, the director, Gallagher, the comedian, Andy Fletcher from Depeche Mode, or Robert Duvall, the actor. I don't fucking know. Wow. That's so crazy that I don't know. (laughs) It's crazy that I don't know. I think it's either 
Depeche Mode or Robert Duvall. I think Robert Duvall might still be alive. I think he died. I I think he might have died, though, because I remember being like, I didn't know he was Boo Radley. (laughs) Like, that was my thought. Yeah, I think he died. Okay, I'm going to say hopefully Depeche Mode is still alive because he was only 60. Okay, so Lindsay goes with Andy Fletcher, founding member of Depeche Mode. Allie, do you have a guess to lock in? What number option was that? Uh, That is E, so that's five out of six, I guess. Jesus Christ. Um, Gallagher. Okay. Ooh. Allie is saying Gallagher is still alive. <laughs> we will find out who is still know. in the land this of the living. This is the weirdest trivia ever. <laughs> it's almost like this backhanded, like, do Allie and Lindsay get push notifications? You know? But the thing is, I know do some of them are read dead. read the news. Uh, yeah, and some of them it's are. mostly like people are like talking about them and I'm like, they died? Right. Or yeah. like... I don't care. I had the same reaction researching this of like, we're so inundated with information and news that like you could say anything about anyone. You'd be like, yeah, I feel like I heard that somewhere. And it's like, no, you know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. that's, I don't know. That was the the takeaway I had with this this stuff. All right. Okay. We'll be right back after this message. Hello, listeners. We have gathered here today to celebrate those who have dearly departed from their money at the $10 or more level. Thank you to all of our Patreon subscribers, but especially those of you who donate at the $10 or more level, starting with Wesley Cordell, Jerry Doran, Jessica Fox, Kathy Phillips, Matthew Scott, Melissa Elliott, William Ken M, and Kelsey Murray, and Jessica Kybell. Thank you all so much for donating your money. For your money! (laughs) Yeah, we love it. We really appreciate it, and it really helps us a lot. So thank you. And some of you I want to acknowledge have been donors for a long time. You've departed with a lot of your money. Maybe I shouldn't remind you, because maybe you're just like letting it run, and you don't realize that it's added up, but thank you so much. We appreciate you, and we appreciate all of you who donate to our Patreon at any level. Please continue to do so at patreon.com slash 2G1P. From Kansas City, entitled Naughty at a Funeral, Woman for Man. From the number one dating app in Kansas City, Craigslist.org. I am looking for the guy that I banged at my uncle's funeral two weeks ago. We were sitting next to each other and you started rubbing my leg while trying to comfort me. You told me that I was beautiful. And the next thing I knew, we were walking into the bathroom. I'm really worried because you never did say how you knew my uncle. And I'm freaking out that we could be related. If not, I thought maybe we could continue where we left off. Maybe it was because it was taboo, but it was so hot. I don't think the funeral director knew what to think when we walked out of the bathroom together. Anyways, I hope to hear from you. I think it's an option we should consider. The apps haven't been working. Yeah. Gotta get it where you can. You gotta think that your families are a good judge of character, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyone making it into the wedding invite, probably okay. Yeah. I mean, the funeral invite. <laughs> 
<laughs> I skipped to the wedding. Yeah. Well, that, I was going to ask, like, isn't isn't the wedding crashing thing of like, hey, all these bridesmaids, single bridesmaids are super like emotional right now. Like, isn't this a good time to move in? Is a fa- is is there a funeral emotional, crashing Emotional? Emotional? Don't yeah. call you know, women emotional. Isn't that a whole thing? Isn't there a movie, Wedding Crashers, where that was their yeah. whole like uh, their whole shtick? Because they're all horned up from yeah, love. Well, right. Love That's makes it. us horny. It's like at there a you funeral, go. you could stop at like the number. Just give them your number. You know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah. We got to be respectful of the dead. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I hooked up at a David Lynch movie, and I think that's the closest I'm going to get. <laughs> <laughs> Great. That was beautiful. Let's leave it there. Yep. It's time for yep. our guest. Oh, no, we need nope. trivia. No, we, we need, need to trivia. know the answer to trivia. <laughs> Who is Who still is alive from this list of notable uh, Wick people on the, who surely, assuredly have Wikipedia pages? Uh, is it A, Louis Anderson, stand-up comedian? B, uh, Angela Lansbury? No one chose her, of course. C, director Ivan Reitman? D, stand-up comedian, watermelon, watermelon smasher? Gallagher. Ali chose Gallagher, that he's still alive. Lindsay chose Andy Fletcher, founding member of Depeche Mode, and, and nobody chose Robert Duvall, legendary actor, godfather, etc. Do, do There was some, uh, you know, concern. Yeah. Are you going to stick? I, I think I'm going to stick. I, I just feel like if one of the founding members of Depeche Mode died, I would know, but I then I kind of am like, didn't he die? So many musicians died this year. It's like Taylor Hawkins, yeah. like so many people died. And then I'm like, did the Depeche Mode guy die? I don't know. It's either him or Robert Duvall, okay. but I don't know. Allie, you're sticking with Gallagher? Sure. <laughs> Allie, switch to Robert Duvall. <laughs> I don't know. I think he died. I think he died. Okay. Well, I know that Gallagher died. <laughs> oh! oh! Someone's Googling. I'm going with option no, A. I'm, option A. I'm not Googling. It's just okay. I was at a party with a bunch of bros. I'm going with option A. <laughs> and they they were talking about him. Okay. Switch Option me to A. A. You know, I was with a par- at a party and everyone was talking about Gallagher as usual with the bros. Wait, wait, wait. Who, what was A and B? Remind me A and B. A is Louis Anderson. And B, B is, is Angela Lansbury. Oh, it's not Angela Lansbury. I'm telling you. It's Too either Robert options. Duvall or Depeche Mode. All right, I'll go with Depeche Mode too then because Lindsay oh seems my, very oh confident. She seems very okay. confident. Then I'll switch to Robert Duvall. I'm switching to it's, Robert Duvall. Okay. Uh, okay. okay. All Great. Right. This All is right. my dream though. This is my dream. I wanted us to pick these two. Yep, yep. Okay. Okay. I like what's happening here. Are you prepared for the answer? Yes. No. <laughs> oh, okay, I'll wait. No, but, <laughs> go on, go on. I will never uh, okay, be prepared. Right okay, great. The correct answer is the person who is still alive on this list at 91 years old, Robert Duvall, <laughs> yeah, baby. has he movies in production die? today. Yeah, <laughs> baby, I knew it. You did. Okay. You did. You I'm were very so confident glad. and you were right. And I think you should remember this confidence and the fact that you were right. It's the only time I've won trivia, I think. Maybe maybe my second <laughs> <No>. time. Really? <laughs> it's funny because you're so much more into trivia than I am. I don't have yeah, a good track record. You had a good record. spurt out of the gate. You, yeah. were, you were rocking right away and then you maybe you lost your confidence a little bit. So, no, it's not my confidence. Go. It's my knowledge. I don't know <laughs> these things. But I did know this one. I did know this one. I was like, you yo, Robert heart. Duvall is alive. <laughs> 91. Speaking of working till our 90s, like, again, he has movies in pre-production on IMDb right now. You know, so it's pretty cool. Yeah, that is great. Is he the dad? Oh, it's, um, wow, it's Anthony Hopkins is the dad in Meet Joe Black. So let me. Ah, uh, right, right, right. Also still alive and working. Yeah, presumably. yeah. But he was his dad in um, Legends of the Fall. So I thought it was Robert Duvall in this one. Oh, I, I don't see. know. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. All right, well. Lindsay takes the cake. Boom, boom, mummy, mummy. Stop mixing up your old white men actors, okay? Can't they help all, it. They're all different. Hashtag allookssame.com. <laughs> <laughs> Dot com. <laughs> 
It's time. Our guest is here. We are so excited to speak with him. Everyone give a big virtual applause to Heit Grenen, longtime Wikipedia volunteer since 2005. And he has been in many different positions in the Wikimedia community over the years. Welcome, Heit. Nice, uh, nice being here. <laughs> I mean, big round of applause for our guest, but also Lindsay's uh, pronunciation, which yeah. I assume knocked it out of the park. <laughs> it, it was wonderful. It was great. Thank you so much. Yeah, I was like, Lindsay, I'll definitely do this one, you know. I <laughs> can't wait to get invited <laughs> to the Netherlands just to repeat things that people have said to me. <laughs> That's what we're in it for. We're in it for the international invites. Okay, so how long have you been an editor at Wikipedia? Yeah, well, my very first edit was on April 19th, 2005, on the Dutch article on Piet Mondrian, the, the abstract modern painter. And uh, since then, I've made about uh, 38,000 edits. Oh, my God. Who yeah. has time for 38,000 edits? It's, it's, Ooh, it's, how it's many edits is that per day? Have you done the math? I can't see math wow. on the fly. He's editing right now. He's typing. What's, what's going on? <laughs> wow. I mean, it's been quite a few years. Like, literally, how many how many days? Okay, i got to do that Se- math later. Seven, right. 17 years. I feel really old. Wow. Okay. All right. I'm going to do that later. 17's not that old. Yeah. 17's yeah. not even old enough to legally vote, vote. in the States. <laughs> You know, so you you got some years before your career is old, but you can carry a baby, no problem. Um, oh yeah, and be yeah. forced to raise it without any rights. Anyway, we've really gone off the rails. That's a lot of edits. Great, great, great. What brought you to Wikipedia? I was doing my. I started art, uh, art academy, and I made an animated movie about Pimolrian, uh, basically, and his artworks. So I did some research, and uh, I just discovered Wikipedia at a certain point, and. I think I might have read something about it beforehand and I knew you could edit it. And because I did so, yeah, so much research, I thought I can, I can improve this article. So that's what I did. And I made my first edit. And since then I've, yeah, well, I, I never looked back. Wow, that's amazing. It's like my friendship with Lindsay. <laughs> she made some edits and then she never looked back. Never looked back. <laughs> I was thinking like 17 years, but yeah, yeah. It's true. It's true. That's true too. Um, our our friendship can legally vote, Allie. I think mm, we're, we predate love it. 17 years. Yeah. What I'm wondering is how did you go from this subject, which you were obviously passionate about and knew a lot about, to then providing the service to many, many other things, some of which I assume you hadn't been studying for over a year. Yeah, I suppose I'm just a very curious person. I like to read about many things. I'm interested in many different things, uh, even though usually I tend to uh, write and make photographs and do edits on things related to art, technology, uh, media. So I don't edit articles on chemistry, for example, or physics. When editing Wikipedia, I always think that you should be able to write an article about something that you know nothing about because the articles are intended for a very general audience. Uh, so that means I also need to do my own research and uh, read other articles, read other uh, stuff. And of course, usually you have something to work with. You're improving an article. You're not really beginning a new article, even though I, I did create a couple of articles out of nowhere. Ooh. But even then, you know, I've, I, I, I've got some some resources I can use and uh, uh, yeah, to help me to get started. I think what you are doing is a very great and actually good service to the world, but like it's the most 
straight white man thing from Europe to say <laughs> that I think that anyone should be able to write an article about things that they know nothing about. That's hilarious and ridiculous. It's the confidence we need to have, Lindsay, okay? <laughs> I know. It was just so funny because you were being so earnest. And it is true. Like, it's for Wikipedia. It's not for, you know, your dissertation, you know? So, but he, people who are writing their dissertations do read Wikipedia articles about I know. their yeah. subjects. <laughs> I mean, it was literally the, uh, like the thing that brought me to Wikipedia was writing my dissertation, then improving a lot on, yeah. on, on, on the articles I, I, I read for my, uh, for my thesis. Yeah. See, that's what we need. Come on, PhD candidates. <laughs> Use that knowledge that you've been sopping up for something good, like me when I'm just cruising Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was going to turn into a plea for PhDs to date us. But anyway. Oh, um, well, always. I they know that's that. the twist it was going to take. Long-term <laughs> listeners will know, until you are all invited to our weddings, Allie and I are constantly on the lookout for, for suitable PhDs. husdens. Um, <laughs> DM your dissertations on Tinder to uh, yeah, Allie and, and if, if we like your dissertation, 2G1podcast at gmail.com. Anyway, uh, Allie <laughs> underscore Goldie across social media. Uh, Lindsay is at the Lindsay Life. Um, okay, so uh, let's talk about uh, dead people. So what is a deditor? A deditor is, I suppose you could have the definition of uh, being the first person that edits a Wikipedia biography indicating that somebody has diseased. Oh. It's the person, well, you know, uh, editing the article on Queen Elizabeth and stating she has passed away. So that's, that's the editor. Wow, I see. Okay, but here's what is so fascinating, which is that at, at least with Queen Elizabeth, but I think maybe there are others, the deditors have beat the news. Is that true? I think, yeah, I think I'm, I might have read something about it, but there's, there's well, yeah, I, just before uh, we had this interview, I looked a little bit on the on the article on Queen Elizabeth. Yeah, I would hope you yeah. did your research, Mr. Uh, editor uh, man. I, I definitely, I definitely <laughs> did some. I have some numbers for you, which uh, I would be very happy if you edited them out because maybe it's just too boring. <laughs> no. Crushing it, crushing it. It's good. So, yeah, so Queen Elizabeth died on September 8th. And before that, usually on average, she got about 36,000 daily page views on the English Wikipedia. Uh, on the day she passed away, she got 8.4 million page views. So that's two times as much that like an incredible amount of people, like an incredible amount of eyeballs uh, looking at the article. The very first edit I could find was by somebody who indicated that there was like a statement from the uh, from the palace that she had a declining health issue. And after that, it's just endless uh, uh, back and forth on people editing the article, uh, editing uh, stuff, uh, removing stuff, and you have this whole thing. Actually, it's, it's, I think it's quite difficult to indicate who is like the first person to indicate somebody has passed away because it's something that changes all the time. Because usually there's this this moment leading up to somebody being officially pronounced dead when there are rumors, when there is talk about it, and people are editing the article and saying, yeah, she passed away. And then somebody else reverses and says, no, but there's no official confirmation. We can't quite say that. And then somebody else edits again and, and removes it. And it goes back and forth until there is like this official confirmation of somebody uh, having died. So it's, it's yeah, it's, it's, it's quite a difficult definition, actually, on when, when somebody is dead on Wikipedia. Is there like... A little bit of prestige within the editor's community about, like, <laughs> is there someone with the most first dead edits? Like, I don't know if there's such a thing as a dead editor's community. I highly doubt it, or at least I, <laughs> I, I, I have not been invited to this club, even though I coined the term. So, uh, 
<laughs> well, I did want to say with regards to your the back and forth you were just talking mm-hmm. about, um, you know, frantically editing around these events. Um, I did want to quote uh, an article at you. So um, mm-hmm. sure. welcome. Um, at 5.30 p.m. on September 8th, 2022, the Queen's wiki page had a huge increase in edit conflicts, as you were saying. The term given to an instance when two or more people edit the same page at the same time. In fact, there were hundreds of edits. Note mm-hmm. the time. The BBC announced her death on the news at 6.30 p.m. So uh, I thought that was so interesting. They were an hour in advance of the BBC. So well done, editors. Um, and it seems that there is some prestige to the person who hits the page first. Is that right? I don't know about that. It's interesting that um, what I found out when I did my original res- uh, my original research on the editors in 2018, there was no such thing as um, I looked at. I think the top 26 articles on the English Wikipedia of people who had like uh, yeah the the most important people who had the most language editions of the same article. And one thing that really surprised me that I think that all of them were made by different people, mm-hmm. oh. which which means that there's no such thing. Uh, uh, I do think there's definitely a an urge for people to edit articles uh, about current events, about something that is important. But I'm not quite sure if there's such a thing as prestige for being the very first one. At least I don't know anyone who has bragged about the fact. Oh, oh no, no, are. I don't think they've bragged. But I think like other Wikipedia editors have congratulated them for being first. That that is a thing. I I I, I never. <laughs> well, looks like our guest hasn't been first. You know, <laughs> so he hasn't experienced it. But you know, you two will get there. You just need to get to eighteen thousand edits. I suppose like one thing that makes it a little bit awkward is that Wikipedians tend to be you know very serious about the things that they do. And of course, it's not that much. It seems a bit weird to say, yeah, I was the first editing Wikipedia, which of course is not, you know, it's not very academic. It's not very mm-hmm. uh, knowledgeable of saying something like that when you should be, you know, just being busy with being serious about your articles instead of, you know, bragging about or, you know, congratulating people. Mm-hmm. So what what led you to coin the term deaditors? Yeah, it's it's funny because I really didn't, apparently I coined the term. I was the first one to use that term, but it was just kind of a play of words. The reason why I I did my original research uh, four years ago was because I read this English newsletter called Better, and it's a pretty tongue-in-cheek, it's a very, very British newsletter, and they have this section called Things We Like to See in the Next Edition. And one of those things was basically, who are these people who edit Wikipedia the moment somebody dies? Who are these people? And I thought, oh, that that sounds like an interesting challenge uh, to do a little bit of research about. So I did that. And just when I wrote the article, I just suddenly thought, oh, yeah, that and editors, that sounds like a fun contamination. Yes, let's just use it. And well, and then (laughs) at a certain point, people started using that term. Well done. It's not even your first language and you're doing some (laughs) wordplay. Thank you. (laughs) I'm impressed. (laughs) So I was wondering, has anyone ever um, reported someone dead who has not yet died? Yeah, this, I think this happens all the time. I, I yeah. can't like give any specific examples. Uh, maybe I should have researched it before uh, <laughs> getting on this podcast. But I'm, but I'm pretty sure this happens all the time. People getting pronounced dead and then after a second it gets reverted and then, you know, somebody is living again. I've seen a lot of celebrities like, I don't know a lot, but I've seen celebrities tweet the Wikipedia announcing their death. Yeah. When they are, you know, they themselves are tweeting it. They're not dead. Oh, that's funny. So... Who is the ultimate decider in Wikipedia or is it just majority? Like, how does that ultimately work? Yeah, the, that's a really difficult thing, actually, because it is it is supposed to be wisdom of the crowds. So in the end, it's it's you. But yeah, I think it's good to realize that there's no such thing as a definite Wikipedia article. Uh, everything is always yeah being being edited. 
So it means the article that you will see at one moment will not be the same as the article you will see in an hour or a day or a year or maybe even the next minute. Uh, as in the case with the, with the article on Queen Elizabeth that, that changed many times between the moment uh, there were rumors and the moment she was actually pronounced dead. So no one really decides on whether something stays in the article or goes away. It's just a question of, you know, who is, yeah, uh, makes the best arguments or who is just uh, a little bit stubborn and keeps on editing and keeps on repeating and keeps on reverting people. We read online that there's a lot of different I don't know if you could call them editor communities or editor categorizations where there's people who kind of specialize. And, you know, I read that there's like wiki faunas, wiki ninjas. So they they specialize in a certain area. Do you know if there are editors who are just on those obituaries? I don't think so. But I do think there are. I think there is a distinction to be made between people who tend to edit articles about current events. I think that is a, that is definitely a thing. Because there is a thing that where you, you know, you read something in the news and you're like, oh, this is interesting for Wikipedia. I should edit this. And then you discover that you're the very first person uh, editing it. Uh, and that's, of course, is an interesting feeling. It is the same, I think, as when you go on YouTube and somebody who has lots of views on the channel, they post a new video. And there is always somebody who, who goes on YouTube and makes a comment and it says first. First, you know, it's yeah. First. yeah. And I think in a way, people editing Wikipedia and pronouncing somebody that, it's, it's kind of the same thing as the people posting first on a YouTube video. It's like a, a morbid but more mature version of that middle school boy energy where it's like, first. you're... Yeah, it's like, yeah. okay, nobody cares. But in this one, it's like, wow, actually, this is good to know. <laughs> it, it, it is kind of, yeah, it is, it is definitely a very, very positive thing that people, you know, are really eager to edit things. It always amazes me with whenever there's a big event going on, you know, if, if it's like maybe a disaster or it's something like the COVID-19 pandemic, for example, where you see that people are so, so quick in making, edi- uh, making edits, creating new articles, uploading media. Um, and it, it has always been like that on Wikipedia and it, it never ceases to amaze me how, how extensive people can, uh, uh, can make these articles and, and work on them. Yeah. Especially cause there's no glory in it. And, and by that, I mean, like if your yeah. username makes mm-hmm. the first comment on something, it's you, Hey, yeah. it's me. I did it. And yeah. so when that video gets a million views, that comment will be there. But like, unless you're a super nerd in the talk page and you really understand how Wikipedia works. There's no public visible trace of your contribution yep. to the average reader. And that distinction is the most fascinating. Like these are people who care so deeply that this thing is accurate and up to date that they will do it basically with no credit or fi- obviously no financial incentive. So like, what is that volunteerism community uh, ethic? W- what is that all about for you or maybe for some fellow uh, uh, Wikipedians? Mm, yeah, I think that's a very good question. It is It is definitely um, one thing I really like about the Wikimedia community, even though there is lots of politics and lots of drama and lots of other things that you find in, on all other internet communities. Um, one thing that Wikipedia still has, and I think many other uh, digital platforms have lost, is the fact that it's, it's still, it's about knowledge and it's about making something together that is better for humanity. There are still no advertisements on Wikipedia. It hasn't been bought by, you know, Google or Facebook or or Amazon or whatever. And it's still about providing uh, knowledge, uh, the sum of human knowledge to everyone uh, in the world. So I suppose the fact that you know that whatever you do is not going to be monetized by somebody, but it's actually useful for many people. I think that is, for, at least for me, a very big motivation why I still edit Wikipedia after all these years. Hmm, I love that. 
I guess I'm still not clear if there is a someone at Wikipedia who actually is like, okay, this is what's going to stay here. Is there's no, there's, there is not, <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> no. So yeah, th- this is a, this is an important thing that there is a thing called the Wikimedia foundation okay. uh, and they are s- supporting the project. So they keep the servers running. They make sure there are improvements to the user interface. They also make sure that many people learn how to edit Wikipedia, especially um, in minority communities in the global South, uh, you know, that we, we, we are trying to get more women onto Wikipedia to, uh, you know, have, have many, many different voices on the, on the projects. But the one thing that they don't do is decide on what gets to say and what needs to be, yeah, what needs to be deleted. That's something that is, that is still in the hands of the community and there's no single person or I don't think there's even like a single group that decides whether something will stay or whether something should be deleted. I love that because it's kind of like very, I don't know, you would think there'd be a lot more trash on Wikipedia, but it's not that trashy of a place. Because yeah. there's no advertising. There's no financial. <laughs> yeah. This is the key. Every time we're like, how do we fix the internet? It's so bad and out capitalism. there. capitalism. It's capitalism and advertising that ruins everything. And this fucking miracle of a website (laughs) that just is like, hey, please support us every now and then so that all of human knowledge can stay on the internet. Like safely. It's a miracle. Come on. Like this, we need to make more internet stuff like Wikipedia as we go. But we can't because because billionaires keep trying to buy it and then they verify Jesus Christ. (laughs) Um, You know, I do think we we would be remiss not to note, though, that there there is bias in Wikipedia. It is something Wikipedia I know is working on. Most definitely. And um, we had an episode. But oh, my gosh, it was back in 2018. We spoke with Rosie Stevenson Goodnight about working Mm -hmm. on gender parity. There's a lot of famous women that just nobody's written an article about. And there's a movement to do that. And I know there's also Wikipedia edit-a-thons. I don't know if you know anything about Mm -hmm. those where they get people together. It's almost like a -a hackathon, but it's for Wikipedia. And they focus on different minority groups and biases that are in there and how to make it more equal. Yeah, yeah, I've 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 attended many of those, and I've organized a couple of those actually. Um, I think the most recent one I attended was a couple of I think a month ago. There is a a monthly meetup in the Library of Amsterdam, uh, organized together by an institute that focuses on uh, women's rights and one that focuses on uh, yeah queer, queer people basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, cool. And they they have this long list of articles that need to be well, or they they think should 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 have an article, and people just start editing. So what I did is I uh, I added I actually I translated an article from the Dutch Wikipedia to the English Wikipedia. Uh, it was the article on Gerda Havertong, uh, who is I think probably the the, uh, the first woman of color who uh, was on Dutch television on the Dutch version of Sesame Street. Wow! And 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 she's like you know a very very famous uh, character in the Netherlands because uh, all kids know her because she was like you know the first you know black lady on on children's television. Uh, but there was no uh, no Wikipedia article on the English uh, Wikipedia, so that's why I uh, I thought, yeah, she definitely deserves uh, like an English translation of her uh, uh, of her biography. I love that. Oh, Sesame Street. It's good all over the world. It is. Yeah, it is. It's very good. Yeah, most definitely. <laughs> so uh, Wikipedia, I think, somewhat famously, does not have the fake news problem that all these other essentially crowdsourced platforms have, and I know we just discussed uh, advertising, but do you think there's anything else, um, any other reasons that Wikipedia 
has remained this sort of bastion of of hope in a weird way. <laughs> like many people tend to compare Wikipedia to other big scale web uh, companies like Facebook or Twitter or Reddit or whatever. And I don't think that that's a very fair comparison because there's no kind of top down uh, structure that many of mm-hmm. these companies tend to have. I think it's more uh, it's more comparable to something like a community that you have uh, maybe in a local city or a local village where, you know, you have a, let's say you, you've got an apartment block and you've got a communal garden that everybody kind of uh, maintains. Um, I think that's, that's much more uh, uh, resembling how Wikipedia works because everybody has, a, uh, has an interest in keeping sure that the garden uh, stays nice and, you know, there's no trash there and people can, you know, uh, organize a barbecue there. But you, you also need to make sure that, you know, it, it's safe, there's lights, everybody needs to make sure it stays nice and tidy. I think that, that's, that's much more how Wikipedia works. And because it works like that, that also means that many people have an interest in making sure there is no trash on the site, articles uh, uh, stay uh, uh, well-referenced, and there is no, no fake information on Wikipedia. Yeah. Wikipedia, the community garden of the internet. Yeah, most definitely. <laughs> That's how they should advertise. I think there would be a lot more women like going over there being like, oh, let's see how we tend to this. I like to feed my community with good things and yeah. then I'll put good articles about other good women on there. Yeah, I'm, it it doesn't mean just like uh, what you have with a uh, uh, with a real garden that there might not be you know drunk people sh- shouting in the middle of the night. There's some weed. There's somebody peeing over there. Dumping the trash. But yeah, we'll fix it. Yeah. <laughs> well, going back to editors, something that you said when we were corresponding that I thought was funny is basically you know this article we found that credits you with coining the term deaditors. It was also written in 2018, but essentially it seems to go viral every time someone really notable Mm -hmm. dies. (laughs) So Queen Elizabeth, but who are the famous people that have died where people have reached back out to you? I'm not sure if, I think... Not yet? After the article. No, I, I, can't, I can't remember because right now uh, when I, I, I've, I've got this, this, this Google news alert on my name and it pops up all the time with like articles on Vietnamese websites and in Chinese and, and all, all other kinds of languages, which is really funny because then I suddenly see lots of Japanese characters and then suddenly my name appears there and the, and the term <laughs> editor. I'm, okay, mm. sure. Yeah, I suppose like... The only comparable event I can remember of when somebody died and it it got a large media uh, uh, attention was when Michael Jackson died, mm. because then the mm. site actually crashed, <gasps> more or less. Oh, wow. Uh, and not because of the people trying to read the article, but because there were so many people editing the article. And also, right. um, with Michael Jackson, there was this long period where it was really unclear what was going on. And this is something that always happens when, when, when people die. But I think with Queen Elizabeth, like the moment... Uh, the rumor started and the moment she was pronounced death. I mean, that was, a, I think, a pretty small amount of time. And for Michael Jackson, I think that that lasted for hours before it was clear that that he actually uh, passed away. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that brings up a question I, I was thinking of earlier when you were talking about it, which was like the, the, the criteria for sourcing or the standards for sourcing, mm-hmm. meaning mm-hmm. Buckingham Palace says authoritatively, the queen has died. Now, we have no reason to believe that they would... <laughs> manufacture Mm -hmm. that news or lie. So uh, that's reputable. But point being, it took an hour before the BBC went on television or the internet to corroborate the news. But Wikipedia editors are taking Buckingham Palace at its word that the Queen has died. And that makes sense. But like, 
if Elon Musk says some shit and he's in charge of Twitter, are we just going to accept that this is what happened at Twitter? You know what I mean? Like hmm. sources versus journalism. What ha- That is all a big murky mess that you must deal with all the time, right? Yeah, it is, it is really hard to um, determine what is a, a proper source and what's not a proper source. Uh, and sometimes this is something that's, that's really hard to explain, especially to new Wikipedians um, who might have you know, edit, edited something and then as a reference, use some kind of really dodgy block. And it's like, yeah, sure, it's on this block. And then more experienced Wikipedia editors might say, mm, that's not a reputable source. You need to have something that's a little bit better than that. But then, of course, you've got this whole discussion on, you know, what is a proper source and when is something good and when is something not repetitive? That, that's, that's really difficult to determine. Yeah. And then you have interest, par, interested parties from the source itself, like especially companies of like, mm. hey, Wikipedia, we don't want to edit. This information about our company is factually incorrect. We don't want to edit it, but we want to just make you aware of this or that. And then it's mm. like, well, do you trust that PR person or what? Then where do you vet? Or, you know, you want to have primary source information, but like, you also want a corroborating source? I don't know. Yeah, I suppose like one thing you can do is just look at the kind of statements that people put uh, on articles, uh, especially the way, because I suppose like most, uh, most of the time when something is not encyclopedic, as we tend to call it, it's very obvious. Is if, if if like a PR person puts on an article and just states, "Oh, it's it's my new product and it's amazing and it's the best thing ever," then it's it's pretty obvious that it's not. It has a bias. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it's more difficult when you have people making really small statements and trying to just uh, nudge an article a little bit towards one thing. I guess like the art of editing Wikipedia in your favor. Yeah, it's it's quite something, and I'm I'm pretty sure it 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 is done all the time by by smart PR people that they are editing Wikipedia. You know, if you're editing your article and you're using, you know, your brand name as your username, of course people will say someone named Pepsi <laughs> says Pepsi's awesome. Yeah, what but the- th- this this yeah this 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 happens quite a lot. Uh, but of course, if you are editing Wikipedia under uh, like a random username and then you're adding little bits of information, you know, every every so often, then it becomes much harder to actually verify those uh, uh, those facts. Something else that's interesting is the amount of edits that need to go into these events. Mm-hmm. So it's not just so-and-so has died, right? It's updating the date. It's changing every single mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. to was. So what are oh, the wow. other elements that people aren't thinking of that need to be changed? Oh, yeah. So much needs to, need, needs to be changed. I'm always uh, um, amazed by how much people... Yeah, how much effort people put into into editing these articles, and also it's not just the article on, on for example, Queen Elizabeth. It's all the articles that that reference her and are stating she is the Queen of the United Kingdom. No, she was the Queen of the United Kingdom, and all the articles that mention Charles now need to be updated, stating he's the King and no longer the Prince of Wales. And I suppose this, with like with famous people, this is something that is. Uh, is done very quickly because it, it it has so much eyeballs and everybody will know. All right, here's an old uh, uh, old piece of text that needs to be updated. It's much it's much more difficult with less well known people that might be you know that might have passed away a couple of years ago, but there are still statements elsewhere on the encyclopedia where they are still you know referenced in the present tense. So that's yeah, it it it, it might take a long while before all the uh, references and, and text have been updated. Mm. Yeah, that's that's so funny that you say that they are now dead, but then everything else in the article has to change to past tense. I hadn't really yep. thought about that. Yeah, and it's not just the English Wikipedia. There are like 200 
language editions. So mm. it's it's so it needs to be updated in every language as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, 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 wow. yes, yeah. So imagine just all the articles on the Spanish Wikipedia or the Chinese Wikipedia or the Esperanto Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. We've covered mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd just like to say thank you to our Discord community. There, Bowie Barks and Billy West both gave excellent suggestions about what to ask. I think we covered most of y'all's questions just organically, but thank you again. <laughs> I probably stole from them subconsciously, but I was just reading over what you submitted and I think we got to it. So thanks to both of you too. And thanks to Hi. <laughs> You're very welcome. This was um, creepy and enlightening. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and when somebody important dies, I will still not be the first one to edit their page. (laughs) Yeah. But I'm glad to know that there is someone out there who is going to do it. God God bless everyone. There will always always be, be someone out there editing Wikipedia and, you know, making sure people are dead on the article as well. I love that. Thank you. Have you ever tried to make a Wikipedia page or edit a Wikipedia page? Absolutely not. I tried. (laughs) You did? Yeah, I tried to make one for my mom for Mother's Day. (laughs) Oh, that's cute, bitch. That's cute. Were you going to make it like an official best mom in the world on Wikipedia? I think I tried to do that. Like, I I was like, this is such a cool and weird gift I'm going to give to my mom. And then I don't think it got. Like, it didn't make it through. I I didn't see it. Yeah, the editors were like, what the fuck is this? (laughs) (laughs) But it's good you didn't do that, because then when she died, you'd have to be a dead editor for it. I I would do it. I would do it. She deserves it. She deserves for her legacy to be enshrined in the internet. I love your love for your family. Like, I only have a couple friends that are like, my parents are the absolute best. I love them so, 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 so much. And it's like you and my roommate. Yeah, I I do feel that way. And then I go home and I'm a total little asshole to her. I don't know what that's about. But I know. Everyone reverts into being a teenager. Yeah. Why is that? That's the worst phase of your life to revert to. But when you have to be living with your parents, you're just me personally. I'm the most annoying version of myself and I can't not do it. But to be fair, I think my mom is also the most annoying version of herself when I'm living in her house. Oh my gosh. Well, the amount of time and number of people that must be just constantly capturing these fake joke gift prank articles because they don't realize how it works, right? So Yeah, just like like a community of editors being like does this does this mom uh, meet the criteria of a public figure? And then Lindsay's like in the talk page being like, hello, she's my mom. <laughs> and then it's approved. Rude. That is actually I don't know. accurate. Were you, were you allowed to just submit an article, Lindsay? Or what was that process? I don't remember. This was this was literally a decade and a half ago. You know, like, I don't know. I was trying to be cool being like, this is, this would be cool. But I just remember trying to be like, I, I like titled it mom or something. And they were like, absolutely <laughs> not. She, she deleted the page for mother and replaced it with a picture of her own mom. Right. And then was promptly arrested. I didn't delete anything, but I, I definitely was, or maybe it was like my mom, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Well, if you've also tried to create a Wikipedia page uh, as a present, you can and let us know. I'm at Allie underscore Goldie across social media. I am at The Lindsay Life across all platforms as well. Also, hop into our Discord, discord.gg slash 2G1P. 
Fans are chatting about the episodes and it's a great place if you want your question in a future episode, if you want to if you want to weigh in, if you want to suggest topics. Um, also, please visit patreon.com slash 2G1P. Inflation is sky high. We need your help. No amount <laughs> is too small. Uh, you can also call us with your comments, questions, fears, feedback. Uh, no one will answer it, so don't be scared, but you can leave a voicemail. That number is... 347-871-6548. That number again, 347-871-6548. Three, four, seven, we should probably finally get Lindsay's voice in there. R.I.P. Jen. Um, no, hi, Jen. She's great. She's great. She's great. I went to her wedding last weekend. Um, oh, you can also email us, 2G1podcast at gmail.com. So thank you so much, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Two Girls, One Podcast is hosted by Allison Goldberg and Lindsay Ford. And recently pronounced dead on Wikipedia. I mean produced by Matt Silverman in New York City. This episode was edited by Abital Ayler. Production assistance is provided by the Podglomerate. This show is a production of The Daily Dot, the number one source for in-depth reporting about life on the internet. The Podglomerate. A Sonic Universe.